It's about you, your health, your family, and your community. This is Sunday Morning Magazine with your host, Rodney Lear. And good morning. Welcome to another edition of Sunday Morning Magazine. I'm Rodney Lear. For more information on the show, more information on any of our guests, reach out to us on social media. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Rodney Lear on air. Facebook at Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear. This year, the American Heart Association's Go Red for Women celebrates 20 years of raising awareness of the clinical care gaps of women's greatest health threat, cardiovascular disease. Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death in women, claiming more lives than all cancers combined. Joining me here in the studio is Terry. Terry's here this morning to share her heart health journey. We're also joined by Terry's husband, George. And with a medical perspective of it all, we're joined by Dr. Thomas O'Brien. He's an advanced heart failure cardiologist with the Christ Hospital Network. It's our pleasure to welcome Terry, George, and Dr. O'Brien to Sunday Morning Magazine. Good morning. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. Thanks for having us. All right. So, Terry and George, I understand that you two lovebirds met on (laughs) Terry's 16th birthday. Is that true? And tell us about that. That is correct. Yes, we both worked well, this was before I started working at the restaurant where he was working. And uh, my mom brought me and my sister uh, to a birthday dinner. Our birthdays are four days apart. And that's where I met George then. And then I started working there. Okay. And so, George, what do you remember about that? And how long have you guys been married? So we have been married for 46 years uh, coming up this August. Um, that was about, we knew each other for 48 years ago. So... She came in on that on her 16th birthday, and I remember her mom bringing her to the little window between the dining room and the, and the uh, kitchen and saying, this is George back here. And I looked out, and I saw her, and I said, pretty cute. <laughs> and that was my first thought. All right. And then a little bit later, she started working there, and then things uh, sort of developed from there. Okay. And so I understand you guys had this date with the boss. Right. And then, Terry, it was there that you discovered you had your first medical, would have your first medical crisis. Is that right? Tell us about that. That is correct. Yes. Um, I had a, uh, when we were at that concert in October. Of course, the boss is who? Bruce Springsteen. Springsteen, Of course. Of course. Right. So you're at this concert, right? (laughs) And it was in 1976. And I had a lump on the back of my head about the size of an egg. And um, they kept telling me it was just a, a cyst. The doctors and uh, after we got the they did biopsies then and lumps started appearing elsewhere and I was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma at that time okay and so that was before marriage is that right correct yes okay. I was 16 okay. and he was 18 okay and so eventually you got through that diagnosis went on to have children correct. right is yes. that right mm-hmm what began your heart journey? Because I know that you have heart issues, right? Correct. So when were the first signs or warning signs of that? How old were you and how, how long into the marriage? We were married. You were 43 years old when you first developed those symptoms. And of heart. That was in 2023. Correct, yes. So we had been married since 1978. 2003. 2003, I'm sorry. Yeah. 2003. <laughs> okay, all right. There you go. You got to keep them in line there, Terry. That's right? right. Get those dates right, man. And, and it started with simple symptoms that progressively got worse. Um, I had the classic symptoms for heart failure, but I didn't know that at the time. Um, I could barely walk across the room. Um, I had to sleep upright 
at a 90 degree angle or I couldn't breathe. And I would wake up coughing and gasping for breath. And finally, I said, I need to go, you know, have this checked out. So I contacted my doctor and they did a chest x-ray and found my heart was enlarged. And um, then I was sent to a cardiologist Mm -hmm. and um, was with that cardiologist in Lexington, Kentucky for about two years. And then um, I completely regressed and my EF um, ejection fraction went back down to 15. She had told me it was up to about 50 prior to that. And so I thought, you know, with this kind of a you know, regression, this isn't right. I need to find somebody else, somebody who knows something about heart failure in particular. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she was a good cardiologist, but she wasn't meeting my needs. And um, my sister actually worked in a cath lab uh, in the um, Dayton area at that time. And she talked to the cardiologist that she worked with. And he said, I think you need to get in at UC um, with Dr. Wagner. She knows a lot about women's heart health and, you know, and heart failure also. So we contacted her office. They got me in. And then that's where I met Dr. O'Brien. Okay. Dr. O'Brien, he walks in, right? Yeah. Uh, all right. All right. So um, um, Dr. O'Brien, some, from what we were hearing from Terry, some of the symptoms that she was having, um, how common are those? And are those um, warning signs? Is that something that we should look for? Yeah, she gave the perfect description of that trouble with breathlessness, running out of breath and trouble breathing, even having to stay upright at night. Those are, shortness of breath is so common, it comes from so many different things, but that's commonly uh, something that points us to look at the heart, something wrong with the heart. And not being able to breathe at night, having to sit more upright, we think about fluid accumulating on the lungs, and that's a classic sign for congestive heart failure, the congestion of fluid on the lungs, and that's exactly what it was. Mm -hmm. Um, So taking that congestion of fluid away made the symptoms improve, um, but they still had to get to the underlying matter. Why did the heart get bad in the first place? She mentioned ejection fraction. That's the pumping or the squeezing function of the main ventricle of the heart, the left ventricle, and we measure it. Normal's not 100. Normal's 55 to 65. Um, And... uh, there's different reasons it can get weak. Um, but uh, obviously, yours was very weak, got yes. a little stronger at first, and then was going the wrong direction. Correct. Okay. So tell us about your initial meeting with Terry and what that was like and what was your assessment of her and her condition? I was at University Hospital um, at, the, at that time finishing my training to specialize in congestive heart failure and cardiology in general and working underneath Dr. Wagner, who she was originally referred to. Um, and basically assessing what's the condition now of their heart why did it get this way and what can we do about it um we had you know obviously nice interactions george there and um, we talked about the symptoms she was having um we went back and reflected on that lump and then the non-hodgkin's lymphoma and the treatment she had to go through for that uh, chemotherapy as you might imagine is can be in many cases toxic to the heart muscle and sure enough we believe that's why the heart got weak in the first place and that can happen and develop years later as it did for her so kind of knowing that understanding was helpful but nonetheless we had to deal with what are we what are we uh, how are we going to get this better what are we tackling this with now Um, and that was trying to find what are the best medicines what's the best science has to offer right now Um, there's no magic pill uh, there's different pills that have developed, and we, we switched a couple things around, got on the right track, and mm-hmm. symptoms did improve. Yes. Um, and, um, and that started our journey, which has been many years since. Yeah. All right. <laughs> and in case you're just tuning in, you're listening to Sunday Morning Magazine. I'm Rodney Lear. For more information on the show, more information on our guests, you can always reach out to us on social media, 
Facebook at Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear. Like, follow, and share there. Instagram at Rodney Lear on air. You can follow us there. Or you can always listen to the show anytime you like. Head to your favorite podcast app anywhere you get your podcasts and subscribe to Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear. In the studio with me this morning is Terry and her husband, George. They're here this morning to share Terry's journey with heart disease. We're also speaking to Dr. Thomas O'Brien. He is with the Christ Hospital Network. Now, let's talk about how things progressed because things got really serious with you. We talked about heart disease, heart failure. Then things got really bad. Um, Tell us what happened there. Uh, Well, for 17 years then, it was pretty much go visit Dr. O'Brien quarterly and then went to twice a year. And everything was, he even told me, he said, you're one of my easiest patients. I go in, he checks, everything's fine for a while. And then when there would be a change and he told me, you know, you'll go for a while and then you'll need some sort of intervention, medication or a device or something. And that's pretty much how it went for the 17 years. New medicines came out that made me feel better and made my heart do a little bit better, took the load off the heart. And um, then devices started being implanted to help with things also. Okay. Now, heart failure is a chronic disease, so a lot of people live with it and can live pretty well. And you did, and Terry right. did, and George, you can attest to that. And for years, it was status quo. Uh, now, your heart was not perfect. We got better with medicines, got right. that ejection fraction up about half of what it should be, 30, mm-hmm. 35. Um, and that was enough to let you get by with a decent, good quality of life, I would say. Yeah, that's um, But there's bumps along the road, times where it would decrease a little bit in terms of your functional capacity, and then we'd make a tune-up on medicines or something. But... Um, the good part is Terry was always willing to try what was the next thing to come down the pike. And there were some new medicine advancements, um, some uh, as well as she mentioned, implant or a device, a special pacemaker that would help the heart to synchronize its squeeze a little bit better. Um, and she was right on the cusp of all those things. And that helped her stay with a better quality of life for years. Okay. So in November of 2022, you were one of the first patients to receive a new heart through the Christ Hospital's new transplant program. What do you remember about being told that you needed a heart transplant? What do you remember, Terry? Um, I mean, we knew it was a progressive disease. And by, you know, when you look it up, you can read what stage one is, stage two, stage three, and then end stage and um, I always seem to be like hovering around two, maybe three of the stages. And um, then all of a sudden, you know, things started dropping uh, probably six months to a year prior to being referred to the um, transplant clinic and for advanced heart failure. Well, that, that <laughs> slipping, that six months of slipping is sometimes it's, it's hard for the individual to recognize. I saw it. I saw it coming for probably a year ahead. Um, but, um, you know, you kind of accommodate. You say, well, I don't go up the stairs anymore, so I don't get short of breath. Well, that's because you're not climbing stairs. Otherwise, you would. We So, you know, people accommodate to doing less and less, and, and you had started that slide. Right, yes. And also then with the accommodating, it was in the midst of coming off of COVID. So for during COVID, we did virtually nothing. I mean, we didn't barely left the house. I I was so fearful of getting COVID that, you know, we just stayed put. And so that lulled me into a sense of, um, yeah, you were pretty sedentary. Security, Didn't yeah. do much right. and false yes, security. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And so George, what was that like for you when you received the news that your wife of over 40 years would have to have a heart transplant? Well, you know, it is as 
this has progressed through this journey, we, we were able to kind of learn a, a little bit about some key indicators to look at. And, and we saw those coming. But like Terry said, it was still a shock. And we knew intellectually that, you know, this was where we were heading at some point. But it came kind of as a shock that we were at that stage already. So I remember sitting in the office and uh, Dr. O'Brien, his recommendation that we are referred to the, you know, uh, advanced heart failure team down at Christ. And uh, it kind of made us sit back a little bit. Um, We went home and we discussed it and we said, well, let's look at the two options. And at that point, there were two things on the table, an LVAD, which is a left ventricular assist device or a heart transplant. And so we knew at that point that uh, Christ Hospital had not yet been approved uh, as a heart transplant center. And so we had conversations about where we would go and what we would do. Fortunately, the Christ Hospital had been in the application process and in the, in the process of getting uh, uh, certified. And uh, literally uh, three days after our first visit with the advanced heart failure team, uh, the announcement came out. We saw it on social media that they had been approved. And Terry was actually the first heart transplant patient there at Christ Hospital in November of 22. All right. And so you go in for the, I'm sure you get on the transplant list. Is that how it works? Well, not initially. Um, We had to get through all of the testing Mm -hmm. and a lot of the testing was the same for LVAD or transplant. And I had uh, an issue with pulmonary um, blood pressure pressure. Mm -hmm. and it was getting higher and that needed to be um, determined if it were fixed or if it, you know, could regulate. And so I had to go through some tests in particular for that. And then it was determined that it was not fixed and I was a candidate for transplant. So um, this and is And when we say fixed, just to, I mean, fixed usually means get better, but in her case, I mean, fixed permanently a problem. She means fixed like permanent, yes. but it wasn't permanent. <laughs> we were able to get it better enough to qualify. Yes, okay. thank you. Yeah. Okay. All right. So you, you get qualified. It wasn't. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you're qualified. You're on this list. Um, how long after you get on the list did it take for you to get the call? Okay. I was actually admitted at the hospital at that time because they implanted then a device um, an impella device to help my heart even more to keep it from failing any further at that point. Um, and they put me on the list on November 1st and we were notified November 4th, early in the morning that a heart was available. It was pretty remarkable how fast she had a match. Of course, she's a good candidate. So that helps, you know, there's certain things like your blood type, your body size and other autoantibodies that you may have that you have to make sure your heart will um, take your body will take and the, it won't react to the new heart that gets put in um, and thankfully she had a good match real quick okay so you had been living with um, heart disease for you know 20 over 20 something years mm-hmm. you get the um, call that you are going to be a transplant candidate then you actually get the heart within four days were you mentally how were you prepared <laughs> for this it was all a whirlwind. Okay. Um, even though we knew mentally that my heart had gotten bad, and you know that the what the end game was, and but then to be there, and then all the testing, everything was just you know in a row. Then to go on the list, and we're anticipating a week or more because I was hospitalized and uh, went on the donor list as a two, mm-hmm. and that 
goes from one, one to seven, seven, I believe, mm-hmm. yes. And I was entered on the list as a two because of my um, condition. Condition, yeah. yes, that everything was, you know, pretty okay. bad. Well, one thing about Terry's, uh, that part of Terry's journey that was amazing to me and I think amazing to a lot of the caregivers and the people that were around her was the attitude that she did have, which was, okay, let's make this happen. Let's go. We're not going to hesitate. We're not questioning why me. We're not doing any of that. Let's just go. We called it sort of a Zen attitude that she seemed to have. And that's been her approach really the whole time through her entire journey with heart disease. But it became really evident there as we got to that. As she said, very, very quickly, all of these things happened, all the testing, all of the all of the uh, physical things she had to do, and then all of the mental gymnastics that we had to go through. To, mental to, gymnastics, to, I love it. To, to, you know, to put ourselves in the right frame of mind. And, and I, I often tell people and, you know, shout it from the rooftops that it was Terry's attitude, her approach, her uh, zen attitude that, that got me through, you know, a rough time. Because, you know, as a caregiver, it's, it's a rough journey as well. Um, nothing like what she went through, but but still a rough journey. Okay, so let me ask you this, George. Um, being a, a husband, a male, how much of your emotions that you keep to yourself to in order to protect and support her? You know, that's something that that I think I've learned to do. You know, over the years, um, some of my fears and some of the other things that I have, but. I'll also say that on the other hand, you know, Terry and I have what we have always said was a very special relationship. Um, from the time we went through the cancer situation early in our relationship, once that happened and we went through that together, it was kind of inevitable and we both knew that we were going to be together forever and whatever that entailed. And, you know, when we got to this part of the journey, there were a lot of fears and a lot of things that kept me up at night. And I shared with Terry those things that I felt like she could handle. And then the others I sort of internalized and worked through on my own, so to speak. But the vast majority of it was uh, a collaboration, which is kind of how our life and our relationship has always been. And in case you're just tuning in, you're listening to Sunday Morning Magazine. I'm Rodney Lear. This morning we're speaking to Terry about her heart health journey. We're joined by her husband, George, and we're also joined by Dr. Thomas O'Brien. He's with the Christ Hospital Network. Now, George, one thing that you, I think that was really important for you, you talked about how she was one of the first transplant um, patients for Christ Hospital, but having the surgery, the procedure here meant a lot to you. Tell me why. Oh, without a doubt, because uh, there was a lot of uh time, both through the testing process, of course, through the transplant. And then what I think some people don't realize is the amount of care that's necessary post-transplant. And if you had had to, you know, go to a center that was further away from home um, and had to spend all that time there alone, away from home, without supportive neighbors and friends, um, it would have been just that much worse. So we certainly consider the fact that, you know, we were able to, to go here locally and, and have the, this whole process play out as one of the blessings that, that we've had during this journey. I was able to, because of the uh, care that, that they were giving Terry there in, in, in the CVICU 
And again, because she was the first, there was some extra scrutiny in terms of wanting to make sure everything went the way that it should, that I was mostly able to go home at night. Uh, now I left late in the evening and back, back early the next morning, but I was able to go home and take care of the dog and, you know, at least sleep at home for, for most of the journey, and, which is nice. It would be very difficult if you were out of town, kind of isolated and alone. And so, uh, again, people in this region are very fortunate to have this excellent program available at uh, Christ Hospital. And again, this morning, we're speaking to heart transplant recipient Terry, her husband, George, and Dr. Thomas O'Brien. We'll continue our conversation on women and heart disease right after this. Stick around. We'll be back with more Sunday Morning Magazine in a moment.